0: You're listening to The Christian Single Moms Podcast. Welcome to The Christian Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms, and I'm just so happy that you could join me for this conversation today. Here on the podcast, we emphasize discovering you on the journey through. And what that means is I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose. And I believe that she can do it right through the things that God is carrying her through in her season as a single mom. I'm joined on the podcast today by Tony Collier, and Tony and I are talking about brokenness, but how brokenness can give way to believing that God has more for you. In this episode, Tony opens up about her journey through abuse and divorce and single motherhood, and how in the midst of all of this brokenness, God revealed to her that He had more for her. And she's here to share her story, but also offer some hope that you might also grab on to that truth for yourself. I don't know. I don't have to tell you that this journey through single motherhood can be so wearying, and that with that weariness can come this doubt and this despair that maybe this is all that there is. But Tony's here to remind us that God does have more for us and that you can lay claim to that belief for yourself and begin to see His purposes be established out of the pain that you have experienced. When you experienced disappointments in your life, doubt is a natural side effect. However, that doubt can often cause us to relate differently to people and can actually cause the loneliness that we desperately want to avoid. I've developed a quiz over at moms.com forward slash quiz called what's your loneliness type and if you want to take that quiz it will only take you a couple of minutes and you'll learn more specifically what are some of the mindsets that might be contributing to your particular experience with loneliness, but then also some of the ways you can shift those to start to see some really lasting changes in your life and relationships. Again, that quiz is available at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. I'd like to introduce you to Tony. Tony Collier is the founder of an international women's ministry called Broken Crayons Still Color, which helps women process through brokenness and get to hope. She serves alongside her husband, Sam, who is the lead pastor of Hillsong Atlanta. Tony confronts the hard things and she takes her challenges head on and then she takes on your challenges. And in this digital age of anxiety, Tony is teaching people all over the globe that you can be broken and unqualified and still called to do great things. Be sure to stay around until the end of the episode. Tony has a special giveaway for listeners of the Christian Single Moms podcast, and I'll be mentioning that at the end of our conversation. If you'd like to journal your thoughts about, what Tony and I discuss in this episode, look down in the show notes. You'll notice something called podcast pages, and those are free downloadable journal pages that I have developed for you to put down your thoughts, but then give yourself some time with God to reflect on the things that He would stir in your heart through this conversation and learn more about what it is He has for you moving forward in your life. Here is my conversation with Tony Collier. Tony, I am so thrilled to have you today. Welcome to the podcast. We made it. Yes.
1: <laughs> i to be here. Yay. Thanks for and, having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited too, because you've been such an inspiration for me in this area of brokenness. And this topic, I think, is so pivotal. We're all dealing with brokenness in one way or another, but especially yeah. for single moms, we're just kind of slogging through every day. Mm-hmm. And it can be really tough. And yeah. long-term that can cause us to feel really burnt out. We can feel weary. We can feel yeah. hopeless, but redeeming brokenness is a major part of not just your life story, but also your ministry. And I'd like to have you start us off telling listeners a little about your journey through brokenness in those early years and how yeah. that kind of set the stage for you in early adulthood and single motherhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah man, it's been a journey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think about like, I've got this down to a science now. So I'm going to try to nutshell this. But the truth is like, it's so much brokenness. There's so many different types of brokenness. And so I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I always leave with that because people need to know Texas baby all day. Um, And I, I grew up in a blended family. My dad was married before. My mom was married before in abusive marriage. And so we were just this big, happy, blended family. And then in the third grade, my mom got super sick. She had a major stroke, um, paralyzed completely on her left side, uh, turned into epilepsy and all sorts of other medical issues um, that essentially just split up our our family. My two brothers went to go live with their moms. My mom's son just kind of like crumbled in himself. Um, And then I kind of became like the mom of the house. I took care of my mom growing up ever since 12. I got my life. My driver's license, hardship license at 12, it just goes to show you, like driving my mom around to doctor's appointments while my dad worked Um, and missed out just on a lot of nurturing and parenting and family dynamic, grew up way too fast. And my counselor calls it parentified child syndrome, where you just kind of miss that natural progression of when the parent and the child kind of meet and intersect and you take care of them, just had that early on. And so it became like a little mini adult that had no idea about life, but also had to survive. And so, unfortunately, at 13 years old, I lost my virginity to a guy that was much older, uh, sexual manipulation and abuse there, and started, you know, numbing really, really young with alcohol and weed. And ended up leaving my parents' house at 16, graduating at 16 because I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I always have wanted to achieve. Um, I just was trying to achieve for the wrong things. Hello, daddy issues. Mm. My dad was very verbally abusive growing up, never proud. So a lot of my insecurity came from that place. I ended up going through college um, at 16 years old and (laughs) leaving my parents' house and just partying. I'm talking about twerking in the club grinding on everybody, having sex with everything walking and just living a very wild life but this kind of double life of wanting to prove my dad wrong about me and about the things that he'd said about me as a child but also just numbing and didn't not knowing what to do with all the pain and shame honestly and so uh, went off to college, got through college, praise the lord actually got through college and graduated at 19. I was supposed to go to law school, but my insecurity came back up, ended up getting married with a guy that I had known for three months. Everything's fine. I was 19 years old and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And it turned south so fast. We got here. He was verbally abusive. We had been in poverty and arguments and holds punched in the walls and doors ripped off the hinges. And at 21, decided to get saved. We walked into a church. And a youth pastor saw something in me, I'm not sure what, I was so high, I'm not sure, but he saw something in me and said, hey, I, I think you've got a calling on your life. And just ushered me and mentored me into ministry and got saved in 21, like I said, and started hopping into youth ministry because all the youth loved me because I was so freaking nuts. And they were like, yeah, we can follow that girl. Uh, <laughs> but it taught me so much about redemption and grace. And so got into ministry super young, ended up getting ordained, became a youth pastor, then started doing creative marketing and church planting, all while still being and super crazy, but, you know, refining as I went, a little sanctification, um, but the marriage didn't get any better. Uh, it got way worse, way toxic, more, more poverty. The church lead pastor uh, that I ended up getting promoted and sitting under was extremely spiritually abusive and manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so Church Hurt came about and then I started battling with an eating disorder. And listen, mm-hmm. I mean, that it just stacked up on you, girl. Mm-hmm. Walked through a divorce, became a single mom uh, to my sweet six-year-old strong-willed blessing named Dylan. She is so wild. Um, and restarting my life and thinking that my brokenness discounted me from ministry. And so just started working with Girl Scouts Corporate, helping inner city girls become Girl Scouts, thinking that that was just kind of the rest of my life. And, and God said, that's just not how I operate, Shawty Lowe I mm-hmm. want you in ministry. I want to use your story. I want to use your brokenness. And I want to redeem parts of your heart that have been broken since you were a child. And he did just that. And so your girl went through all kinds of counseling. I mean, for two years, I went every single week once a week. And it was treacherous. All right. Mm-hmm. EMDR trauma treatment went through a betrayal trauma group. So many great things, but really, really hard things to heal from. And here I am now um, yeah. <laughs> uh, wondering how in the world God is still using me to and help women process through the same. And so. Here I am. And now I made it. Now I'm on the podcast, baby. Hey. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm so glad though, Tony, that's what comes through is that, you know, God is using this for your good and for other people. And I love seeing that it it just glows. It just comes right out of you. Take me back to that season where you were a single mom. So how old were Mm -hmm. you when that happened?
1: I was 24. Gosh, so young, super young with my little one and freshly divorced coming out of an abusive marriage. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, if you're listening to this, I don't know what your story is. I don't know if it was a mutual decision or you had to claw your way out of that marriage, but if you had to claw your way out, you know how difficult it is to parent from a place of brokenness Mm -hmm. and trauma. And, um, I actually ended up transitioning my daughter to my parents. We call it grandparents camp now. It's like a fun thing, but it was actually a really serious thing. I was going through depression, suicidal thoughts, and ideation. I mean, I've been hurt by the church, hurt by marriage, like all in one fell swoop at one time. And and it was really, really difficult to parent. And I got to say, my parents helped me so much with starting the tradition that we now call grandparents camp so that I could just rebuild, find some stability figure out who my new community was. When you lose a church, you don't just lose the pastor and your staff position. You lose a full-on community. And I was, it was so weird and I was so lonely, but I was just so also so determined to claw my way back to a healthy, healed, whole version of me for my daughter.
0: Tell me about that headspace, you know? So you're 24 and you have had difficulty your entire life. And it just does seem, as you said, to stack one on top of another. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're not yet at that point where you're able to say, oh, God's working in my brokenness. I mean, maybe you could a little bit, but you no. didn't really have the view of it, right? Not that you do yeah. now. So yeah. talk about what are the things that you had to do to start to come to terms with yeah. that brokenness? What, what kind of places did you have to go in your spiritual mm-hmm. life and in your relationship with God in order to kind of push through?
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I had to own a lot of stuff. And as a, what I would call myself at that time, an abuse victim, it's hard to take ownership because you're so crushed by the weight of your abuser Mm -hmm. and multiple abusers in my case. But I did. I had to get gut level honest with, with identifying the cycles, the generational cycles, the insecurity cycles that prompted me to be in relationships with men who were abusive. And, you know, people say this all the time, like, the abuser oftentimes chooses their abuser and they're preying on them and they bring them in, or the abused rather. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I chose some of these people myself. And I chose them for so many reasons that I now realize from a healed, healed place were because it, it was a safe, it was safe for me. Trauma was familiar. Mm-hmm. Pain was familiar. Yelling, being called out of my name, being cursed out, it was familiar from the seeds that were planted with my dad. But I had to own that because I had to heal from that. And I had to make sure that I put up enough boundaries and enough healing to actually stop myself from getting back into relationships that were that way or looking for that in relationships. Oftentimes as you know, victims of trauma and abuse, we kind of, we get comfortable with trauma bonds and we try to form them in healthy environments. Where's the chaos, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had to own a lot of that. I think I, I one of the things that I did not do well And, and I had to make a turning point was that I X out all community because I had been so hurt by the community that had rejected me. I was like, everybody is not safe, not Mm -hmm. a soul, all of y'all leave. But there were a few who were like, where are you at, Tony? Mm -hmm. And I had to let a few in. I had to, to pray. I literally remember praying one time, God, please bring the people in my life that won't hurt me, please. Mm -hmm. Please, please do that for me. Please show it to me. Please give me enough discernment and wisdom and intuition to literally be able to identify the people that will hurt and the people that will not. And we talk about that in our women's course. Like, what what are signs of toxic community? How do you identify that, especially when you're coming out of a toxic situation? And I had to let people in. And I had to tell them, I'm struggling and I need help. And literally, it was because of one of those relationships that I got referred to, a counselor, who actually helped me process through everything. Mm-hmm. And so, and without that, without my the ownership of where I was, stepping out of a shame bubble, inviting people into that space to help me claw my way out, I would have never gotten into counseling and actually like rebuilt my whole freaking life. Yeah. That same thing happened to me,
0: Tony. It was one of those go, things yeah. that as I got out of an abusive marriage. Yep. At the outset, God was real gentle with me to allow me to see what was wrong about what was done to me. But Mm -hmm. it took about a two-year process for me to get to the point where God allowed me to see, but here's what you had broken inside Mm -hmm. of you that allowed you to stay there. Here's what you thought you were not worthy of that kept you in that spot. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, okay, it, yeah. it is hard, you know, but God is so good. He was so yeah. good to me to show me, as you said, yeah. I'm going to fix not just what you went through in this relationship. I'm going to fix the whole thing. I want to take the girl? all that stuff you've been carrying around from childhood yeah. and I'm going to correct it and I'm going to make something mm. new out of this. And I just, oh, so incredible hearing, you know,
1: God doing the same thing for you. I know it's real out here, girls. That's just a little <laughs> confirmation for you. If you yes, does it really work? It's like, yeah, girl. Yeah, okay, it does. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah,
0: but so then, as you're journeying through this, and grandparents, you're getting some community, some people you can be vulnerable, vulnerable yeah. with, and you're starting to start to process through these kinds of things. There comes this point of decision, or this comes this point of realization whatever it might've been for you. Can you talk about that as far as where it was now that you were able Ooh. to say, all right, I'm moving forward.
1: All right, fam. I got invited. So, so I went and did a life plan. There's a Tom Patterson Institute. It's absolutely incredible. I found a life coach and I was like, all right, God, if you do want me back in ministry, which is what I hear you saying, like you don't have to order this up. Like we are gonna have to figure this out. Like what, I mean, I am literally a single mom. Divorce in itself is so bad. I grew up Catholic. So it was like a big no-no already. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, you're going to have to plant the church. You're going to have to st- send the community who's going to accept me and actually allow me to operate my gifts if ministry really is where you want me to stay. And so I started looking for it, man. I went to North Point Community Church. Oh my gosh. I found everything there. And and plug plugged back into a local church and formed that community. And I found this life coach. I'm like, help me with my life. Help me tell me what I'm supposed to do. And From that place, she invites me to this spiritual encounter. Now, I was a youth pastor, okay? And that says a lot about me as a woman. All right, first of all, I love middle schoolers and high schoolers. I grew up, I have three older brothers. I grew up around men. My mom was really sick. I missed out on a lot of like nurturing, wash your face, actually like take your makeup off every night. Like all those little things that I didn't know that we're supposed to do as women. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a tomboy a little bit, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm And so women made me like clammy. I'm like pit sweating. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. So when my life coach, Emily's like, "Yeah, hey, I think you need to go to this women's spiritual encounter. I'm like, ah, it's going to be weird. There's going to be a lot of essential oils. I don't want to do this. You know? <laughs> You're like, thanks but no thanks. <laughs> I don't know. And she's like, no, it's life changing. God will meet you there. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was, first of all, life changing. That was my moment to answer your question directly. But the moment within the moment was for the very first time, I owned my own personal relationship with God. And when I talk about church hurt a lot, I talk about this idea of our faith hinging on a pastor, a leader, someone that stands on a stage or a platform and not hinging on our surrender to Jesus. And it was for the first time I actually owned and was bold about my faith. I owned it for myself. Like I said, no, I can petition for my own messiness. And I can actually ask God questions and he's going to answer me. And I don't have to rely on a pastor or a leader or an Instagram pastor Mm -hmm. to do anything for me because God is greater and more accessible and more reliable and perfect also. Hello, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, it was in that moment where I finally reached a actual, like authentic relationship with God that I was like, No, if if I don't have anyone else and we need community, what I do have is the the actual power of God
0: Mm -hmm. to help
1: me claw my way out of this situation and get to the other side of hope. And it was a renewed spirit because, see, it's one thing to have a guide, someone that's all the way in the front of the line. Like you still kind of scary a little bit. Imagine yourself like in a safari, like and the guide's just like going and you're following. You're still kind of like looking around like freak, is a bear going to come out and claw me to death? You know what I'm saying? It's totally different when you have a companion. When you have a guardian, someone who's actually like looking over you, behind you, in front of you, underneath you, all around you, and that's God. Mm -hmm. And I think there's the boldness that you can walk in when you have a guardian, not a guide. We're guides. I'm a guide. I'm a pastor. I'm a guide. I get to guide people to the feet of Jesus. God is a guardian. He's a shepherd. He is literally mulling over us. And in that moment, I was like, oh, freaking strap in. I'm about to go and get everything that God has for me. Let's go. You know? Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so good. Yeah. So you wrote a blog post that I saw that there's a great quote from it that I want to read. And you're mm-hmm. talking about this concept of more in it. And mm-hmm. it, what it says is, if I was going to be the woman God had called me to be, I would need to acknowledge the woman that I hadn't been. Now, Woo! here I am, healthier. Stronger, happier, not Mm. perfect, but fighting for purpose and my more. I love that concept of
1: my more.
0: (laughs) Yes, you did say that. (laughs) So, Mm. as you're having this experience, though, of owning this relationship with God for the first time and recognizing that He is before you and behind you, He's around you, He's shepherding you through this life experience, what was that like then to grasp onto this concept of more? Yeah, just charge
1: after it. It was so much. But I think more than anything, and this is maybe controversial a little bit. you, You would think that boldness and surety in yourself and sureness and confidence would breed pride. And let me just say, it does in a lot of people. But for me, my sureness in God, my newfound boldness in my faith, actually like brought me back a couple steps. Mm. I say this thing, my team knows this. I, I will not get ahead of God. I do not want to get ahead of God. I'm not trying to do things, post things, be things that he just is not in the front of. And I feel like more is not out there. It's at the feet of Jesus every single day. The location doesn't change. I don't go on Instagram to go get more. I don't go to conferences to go get more. I go to the feet of Jesus to get more. Mm -hmm. He is the access. He is the gateway. He is the place. And for me, and this is more spiritually, philosophically speaking, then I'll talk about some practical stuff. For me, I I just I have to always remember I'm a three. Like I want to run. I'm an alpha female. I'm a leader. I want to run. I want to go crush it. I want to win everything. Mm -hmm. But I literally like have have had to fashion my mind in a way that says you have an idea, go bring it to God. If he says, no, not right now, sit Mm -hmm. down somewhere. Mm -hmm. If he says, yes, go for it. If you feel that release, then you go for it. The practical side of that is going to God. Oftentimes we we find ourselves excited, so ready. And it's like, I'm about to go after everything that I've ever wanted to do. And then we just start going. Mm -hmm. And we don't consult God. And we just start moving with all of our dreams and aspirations. Then we mad out here when stuff don't work out. And then we're mad out here when we get a business partner that wasn't supposed to be our business partner, but we didn't actually ask God if we we're supposed to get a business partner. Then when we found the person, we didn't ask God if that was the person that we're supposed to be business mm-hmm. partners with. Mm-hmm. Every single step of the way, feet of Jesus. I say this all the time. You can go after everything that God has for you, but you better make a pit stop at the feet of Jesus at every turn, at every lap that you make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For me, it was finding a life coach and planning out my life, but praying about that life coach. Is she the one that's supposed to speak into my life? God, is she going to steward over my heart? Is she going to be safe? Is she going to be so you know hungry and optimistic to just work with me because of my name and brand? Or does she actually care for my heart? And I let God lead out on that. And then I wouldn't follow the practical steps through that. He's like, yep, go. Emily Johnson, she's amazing. Go for it. She's going to care for you. She's hashed out all of these steps. There were divine God moments where I weeped and cried my eyes out. But because it was divine God ordained. He led me in it. I'm not saying that we got to (laughs) be, what the old church used to say is just put a little, spring a little faith on it, put a little prayer on it, throw a scripture at it. That's not how we're supposed to operate. We can operate fully in the earthly realms where God has us now, but with heavenly direction. We can do that. Like, that's not hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm out here, you're doing a podcast. This is Mm -hmm. earthly realms right now. Mm -hmm. We're scheduling it out. You got your fancy little mic. You got your things in the back. (laughs) We got to make sure my sound is all good. Right. There was a prompting from God that Tony is supposed to talk about brokenness on your podcast. Reach Mm -hmm. out to her. Divine Mm -hmm. appointment. Absolutely. Yes. God, should I do this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Now, I don't know how many women, but maybe there's hundreds, thousands of women that will hear this episode because of God's divine appointment for this moment. Mm -hmm. Now we're operating. Yeah. And it's good.
0: It takes so much pressure off of yourself though, too, I think. And that's one of those things that starting to walk into a place of thinking, wow, could you really have something for me? There is an intimidation that comes in that. And that is the enemy trying to tell you. Like, either what's out there is not good or it's not for you.
1: Oh, and <laughs> so ratchet. I am I'm, oh, I'm so tired. Of it. Oh, gosh.
0: But I have found the same thing. I have the same proclivity to just like run into it and just like, let's just go for it. God will fix it if it's not right. Like, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: but I have found
0: myself in really discouraged and frustrated places Mm -hmm. because things didn't work out and I didn't ask God what he said or he shut this door intentionally to show me something else right yeah 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 I'd like to take a short break from our conversation to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available on the go. And it works through an app where you are able to schedule video sessions or just chat with your counselor throughout the course of the week. And I found that having the combination of Christian teaching and counseling together was so encouraging and so healing for me. If you have been considering Christian counseling and you would like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. So you did mention, though, talking a little more practically. So for a woman, maybe wherever she's at, maybe she is like, hey, I'm ready to take a hold of this, but I want to make sure I'm walking with God in it. Or for a woman who is maybe scared to still take that Mm -hmm. step, who's not as sure that more really exists out there. What are some shifts of the mind or shifts Mm -hmm. of behavior and activity that can help us to step into that relationship with
1: God? Yeah. I'm going to talk about God's divine plan for us in his larger story. And then I'm going to shift to purpose. And how do you discover your purpose and walk fully in it? God's, God's divine plan for Let me just, let me say this first and foremost. God did not send his only son to die for our freaking crazy selves, first of all, for us to stay stagnant and afraid and stuck and numb and not doing anything. There is a larger story at play here to redeem humanity. And Daniel, we know how freaking sucky humanity is being right now. We have been in a treacherous year and things have been exposed, civil unrest, political unrest, poverty, disease. It has been stupid. Okay, we have seen it. We also need to fully understand that there's a larger story at play here and we are a part of contributing to that. God is trying to redeem humanity from its own self. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and he did not send his son Jesus to, to die for us, for us to remain stagnant in that, for us to just sit back and settle for less. No, he created the earth and the moon and the stars for us to inhabit it and have dominion over it. Dominion moves. There is a continual pursuit to have dominion. You can't just sit back. And think that dominion is going to come to you, that purpose is going to come to you, that everything glorious that you want in your life, all your dreams and aspirations, more financial increase, more influence, whatever that looks like for you, is going to come to you. And as parents, we know this especially. You can't just sit next to your kid and expect them to know how to speak and write and talk and be able to communicate and be able to be good human beings. Mm. Parenting is active, our lives are active. We are always on the pursuit to create grateful, honest, somewhat civilized human beings that we're trying to create out of our dang kids, okay? Period. (laughs) It is the same way with our lives. But first of all, let's go to purpose. One of the things that we've practically done, and my husband teaches this all the time, he did a young adult movement where he helped young adults find and activate their purpose and two questions if you have first of all if you have a healthy community in your life it's the only way it works not your hating friends that's upset with you and jealous of you and all that stuff want to hate on you okay but if you have friends that are actually in your life and they love you deeply and they have seen the god in you activate the god in you and they have gotten them themselves ask them two questions just text them you got three four five of them text them all what is special about me what gifts and talents do i have what is special about me? What gifts and talents do I have? Here's why that's so important. Number one, if you have good friends in your life, they won't lie to you. Okay. And number two, if you have close friends and you've cultivated community, they will know what's are special, what's special about you and what gifts and talents you have. Why? Because you've already impacted somebody with it. Your gifts spill out of you naturally because it's how God has wired you. When I text this question to my friends, as I was discovering my purpose, they were like, oh my gosh, You're such a phenomenal communicator. Oh my gosh, everybody across the board. You can communicate so well. You're such a good storyteller. You're so funny. Oh my gosh, you're just so funny. I love it so much. All right, what's unique about me? What gifts and talents do I have that contribute to the world? Well, I mean, honestly, you give people a lot of hope. You really, you're so good at encouraging people and giving them hope. There's no coincidence that I asked that question four years ago. And today I have a women's ministry called Broken Crayon, Still Color. That's helping women process through brokenness and get on the other side too. hope. Mm -hmm. I have the picture still of the whiteboard that I put all of my friends answers on. And what's circled on there is communicator, funny, hope, hope dealer out here. Mm -hmm. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. When they started to speak in my gifts and talents, they said, well, you're a great communicator, but you're also a great writer. Hmm. No coincidence that I get to stand on stages now and communicate about hope and how to mm-hmm. get to hope. And now in 2021, we're releasing resources, content. Hello, somebody. No coincidence that we have a blog that you read a snippet from. Yeah. About <laughs> hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have already impacted people with the thing that you're good at. And here's another thing that I just you need to practically let go of. If you are trying to be a worship leader and nobody on your list responds with one of your gifts and talents is singing, sis, hang it up. Hang it the freak up. Let it go. Okay. If cooking wasn't on there and you're trying to be a chef, you haven't impacted anybody with this gift. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somebody gonna tell you the truth out here. Mm -hmm. And then actively ask God for the practical steps. Do I wanna do this alone? Is this something I can do at my current job and location? Or is there something I have to build? Am I supposed to do this by myself or do I need to build a team around it? God send the people. When you start to discover those practical things, then man. God breathes on that and he gives direct answers to direct questions. Mm. Are we asking the right questions to God to actually figure these things out? So
0: that is fantastic, Tony. And I want to know, though, when you did text those friends and said or ask them, what are my gifts? Did you believe them? Were you able to receive what they had to say to you?
1: This is really good. For the first time I did. Why? Because I asked them all individually Mm. and Maybe if it was just one, I would question it, but not all five. No,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not all five could tell me. No, I mean, I'm, I wish I could send you this picture. It literally is a whiteboard and it's literally all, I have like their names listed and I'm just circling. And I'm, and I remember literally on the bar stool, right by the island, like shrinking back into my seat and going, oh my gosh, like they're not lying. None of them know that I'm asking them this question, each other, this question. They are just telling me what, they actually know and have experienced from me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, what do I do about it, God? What do I do now knowing that they're not lying to me, that yeah. this is so real? And I mean, as we saw in the scripture and help my unbelief, God help me walk with me. Cause who doesn't doubt themselves every day? What mm-hmm. are you talking about? I wake up every morning and I'm just like, God, don't let me mess this up. I yeah to, right. <laughs> I just died with publishers and I was like, are y'all sure? It's me telling me call you. <laughs> are y'all sure this is the contract? Okay. Just double checking, guy. You know, like, but I think there's some help in that. There's some help in, mm-hmm. you know, help, help and confident humility and riding the pendulum and, and questioning, am I, am I, am I? And, and questioning that in safe places and, and, and being able to hear the, the answer. Well, even if you aren't, God is. Mm-hmm. and there's God in you and you're allowing him to be in you. So,
0: so good. So good. And I think that's a big transition too when you've been abused, that you've been told so much what you are, that's not oh true God. and you've been cut down. And so sometimes Ugh. it is hard for us to receive that truth about yeah. ourselves, yes. but that even if we can start to just, even in with some unbelief, we can start to say, all right, Maybe there's something to this. Uh-huh. What do you say, God? What yeah. are you going to do with this yeah. that even in our our imperfection about it, our unbelief maybe yeah. in it that he can draw even more out of that.
1: It's so good. But, and here's the deal. Well, if we're going to let our unbelief rule us, heck, why not try belief for a second? Mm-hmm. Why not just be like, "Well, dang, let me just take 6 months real quick mm-hmm. and just lead with all the things that I do believe about myself." And God believes about myself, because if I don't believe it, then it's all up, flowing up in the word of God. So if I can let unbelief, my disbelief in myself rule, then we'll shoot. I might as well just try the belief side for a little while and see how that works out. I guarantee you yep. feel just a little bit better. Because yes. You know <laughs> if anything, you'd be like, well, I believe in myself now, you know, whatever.
0: So. Yeah. And that's a day-by-day-by-day by day by day choice. I think that's the thing I used to think is like once I cross the threshold into believing I can do this, it's like, oh, I just live here now. This is my neighborhood. You
1: know? Lies and deception. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it is like a regular basis kind of thing that it's yeah. like, are you online. sure you called me to this? Are you, are you sure you're saying I can do this? Are you, this yeah. me. You want me, like you said, you write about me, like, <laughs> yeah, they're online. They're which online. I think is awesome, <laughs> by the way, congratulations on that.
1: Thank you, girl.
0: So as far as that purpose though, being discovered. And so you're, you're starting with, if what I'm hearing you say though, is starting with this understanding of, all right, God has pulled me out of this brokenness. These are the things he's gifted me with. Now he's calling me to go somewhere with it. Mm -hmm. Take us through that chapter now to bring us to where the present day is and how that also involves your marriage to your husband, Sam.
1: Hey, well, that whippersnapper came out of nowhere. Let me just tell you that. I said, well, good Lord, where does this stuff come from? Um, You know, it's so funny because Sam, while I was like partying, clubbing, twerking all over the place, being in an abusive marriage, all the things, you know, he was actively looking for a wife or thing like, Sam was saved at like 16, like totally opposite for me. Never drank. I was popping bottle shots everywhere. I'm like, yeah, beer, beer, peg and all the things. Sam was looking for a wife and had like this picture perfect. You know how like guys that's been looking for years and years, they have like this like box. Mm -hmm. And I just genuinely did not fit a lot of that. Sure. But God was telling him, we had met at a church planning meeting and when I had hopped back into ministry, cause I was like, all right, God, fine, whatever. I'll take these opportunities. And we hopped in a meeting and he was just, who is that girl? Like, who is that girl? What is she doing? And a lot of people didn't know about the divorce and separation, and all that. And so a lot of people were like, oh no, no, she's, she's married. Cause they didn't know. Oh. I was so ashamed. I was hiding it all. Mm. And I wasn't. And um, he was like, oh, let me, let me back up. And so I ended up having to do a, a post about a Facebook post about my divorce because my ex-husband was, on dating sites and it had just gotten so messy and weird. Mm. And people I had women being like, I just saw your husband on Bumble. I was like, Oh, Oh. I know. Mm. Um, And so Sam pursued me and I was so deathly afraid of commitment again, but he is an eight on Enneagram and does not give up. But the truth is I had two years of healing I had to do. Mm. And thankfully he walked with me through that, but it was an extremely difficult time for the both of us in our marriage. You got one person who's healing from a broken marriage and abuse and trauma and another one who's just honestly been waiting all his life to be mm. married and have a perfect, peaceful, amazing marriage. And his like soon to be wife is having anxiety attacks and curling up in balls mm. and I mean all the things. And so it was so difficult. And so I really had to fight a lot of insecurity in that to really honestly believe that I was worthy of Sam's love and, and that that was okay. My husband's love. And so that was a journey within itself. Um, and then I think as far as career and ministry goes, but we, we go to council. We got three councils. Let me just say that publicly. We got a whole bunch of accountability. <laughs> we got three I, mean, I got one. He got one. We got a married one. I mean, it is like real. And maybe that you don't need all that for your new journeys, but mm. for us and all that I've been through, we needed that. Mm. For my ministry, it it has been an ebb and flow of surrender to God and hard freaking work. And I, I am really kind of mad about, how much people want in this viral day and age without Mm -hmm. the work. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what y'all think this is, okay? Mm -hmm. Not every video is going to go viral. Not every post is going to make it. And who freaking cares about social media, first of all? And I know many of you will probably be like, well, I mean, you can say that because you've got somewhat followers, however many followers. I don't care about them followers. What are you talking about? I care about their hearts and their souls and their lives, obviously, actually. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Not the number, yeah. numbers. It's not, (laughs) that's not what, that's not what moves God and what moves purpose. It's, it's what I get to do with the 50 women in our women's course, hopping on a Zoom every single month, helping them process through their brokenness, holding mm-hmm. their tears and their pain. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to get to. And all this other stuff is just tools. And so, I, but, but hard work is that. People ask me all the time, how do you balance all this stuff? I'm like, sis, I'm up at 7 a.m. And I'm at sleep, maybe 1, maybe 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm freaking grinding every day. And I'm taking breaks when I need to, but I am grinding. I am not scrolling on social media all day. I am grinding it out. And I think we need to get to a place where we are willing to fight and run and be resilient and have some dang grit when it comes to the things that God has purposed us for. It's so weird to me that we we just think, okay, if I pray at least, God's Mm going to show me the way. He may reveal the path, but you got to walk it, sis. Like, I have just been a grinder my whole life. And I I just don't imagine slowing down on that. Mm-hmm. I work hard and I fill my days up and I actively pursue things. And the second thing is I have phenomenal teams. Monica, Sava, Bailey, Jenna, Allie, Ava, Caroline. I have seven women that help to run Broken Crayons. This is not the Tony show. This mm-hmm. is Broken Crayons, a women's ministry ran by women in ministry who are freaking grinding (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to make this happen. And I think teams are so important. I was talking to my best friend the other day. She's like, yeah, you know, I don't really do. I don't really know. I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? Hand in hand, arm in arm. There wasn't one disciple, sis. There was 12. And when one dropped off, God was like, nope, I've got to represent the 12 tribes and nations. I'm Mm going to replace them. And I'm bringing another one in. Mm -hmm. Like. Jesus believed in building the church and building purpose and communities and organizations with people. And we have created 5 million organizations that are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Partner, girl, find somebody. Go sit under a leader. Go sit under somebody and activate your gift and see if it can be used there if if entrepreneurship is not your stilo. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good, (laughs) Tony. I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: Well, I appreciate what you're saying, though, about. It not being about the numbers, because not all of us are going to have maybe a major scale ministry. Not all of us are going to have a platform and a voice, but I've been really working this through with God to really understand what it is to shepherd what I do have Uh, and to go deep and to understand that to deliver those gifts that he's given to to, to bring forth those opportunities for him to rescue people. That's a one
1: at a time, one-to-one kind of experience. Bro. It's like, when we think about crowds, we forget about ourselves. We forget that we are a one, two. Mm. And when one person, my mentor, when I first got to Georgia into a church said, I see something in you, the call of God's on your life. I think you're supposed to be in ministry. Mm. Imagine if he was like, Nope. I don't have time for Tony because yeah. I got to go build my 50,000 follower people. Yeah. I was a one.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: What are you? T- and look at what one singular person who said, I have time to invest in her did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who, how many people I have to probably maybe hundreds and thousands now in front of crowds and ministries and all over the world because one person invested in me, the one. Don't forget that you're the one too. Mm-hmm. It will keep you grounded to remember the one, to remember to do a prayer call if you need to do, to remember to stop if you feel feel a prompting from the Lord for the waiter that you're serving. To, who cares about time and where we have to go? There's a one in your life almost every single day who needs you to just stop and focus in on them mm-hmm. and do it with what you've been giving. I love that you said that, Michelle, like what you have been shepherded, like, uh somebody that does that to us we're like oh massive massive big conferences things like that and if you are called to that great one of the people that I love to death is Jenny Allen and she is called to the masses to Mm -hmm. equip the masses to go and do what steward the one right if gathering and if the whole entire thing is all around if locals groups that sit inside of a circle in their living room to preach the gospel and evangelize like that's
0: the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our kids even in that instance can be the one mm-hmm. that there's so much of a powerful ministry to our kids and oh. even our kids, friends, our communities, our oh. neighbors, just the one, just the, the place where you are planted is still so valuable and so meaningful to God that we can't miss that because it's not no. amorous, right?
1: No here's one thing that I love that came out of the Orange Leaders um, environment. I don't know who said it. It was either Carlos Whitaker, Reggie Joyner, or something like that, or Andy Stanley. Look, love. everything comes from Andy Stanley at this point. <laughs> love Andy. <laughs> um, the most important thing about your life is not what you do, but who you raise. Mm. That's what's going to matter. The most important thing, part of your life, the most powerful thing about your life is not what you do, but who you raise. When you became a parent, that became priority. And I freaking know the pain. My daughter has been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, oppositional defiance disorder, sensory processing disorder. She's been kicked out of three preschools. Not one, sister friend, not two, but three preschools. We've had to homeschool, hire nannies, travel with us. When the global pandemic came, I was freaking excited. I'm like, stay your behind at home and learn from the house because going to school every day is giving your mom anxiety every day because I get a phone call from the teacher that you have actually ripped up the entire classroom. They had to evacuate the class. Like- I know that it's hard, but that that is the most important. Dylan, my six-year-old strong-willed blessing is the one for me. Yeah. And I am trying my best to build a women's ministry that she can be proud of that can impact her life years and years and years to come. And, oh, I love that you said that. Our babies. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Forget about what everybody else is doing. And if, if your home's all jacked up and you're not spending time with your kid.
0: Yeah. Have yeah. it. And I think that's one of the things too that we miss out on. A lot of times we think that we will bypass our own healing from brokenness because we think Mm -hmm. it's at our kids' expense when really the best thing that you can do if you're walking through brokenness is to spend that time. And I know for myself, there was a season where I was not as attentive to my kids as I am now. And Mm -hmm. looking back, could I feel bad about it? Sure. But what I gained in healing for myself. Now I am more attentive to their needs. I am better able to communicate with them that they can start to gain more healing from that. And it's something that we pass to them. It's mm-hmm. not something that's, it's more expensive, I think, not to take the time.
1: Than that's it is. not offense instead of the defense.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the in your healing though, tell me about that for you. Like the things that you gained from your healing process, how have you seen that that has played out in your relationship with your daughter?
1: At the end of the day, fam, like you are, you're you're healing and the toxicity that comes before it does not isolate itself. Your healing or the toxicity that came before it does not isolate itself. If you are an unhealthy friend, you're unhealthy. Wife, mom, teacher, co-worker, whatever you are, period, does not, it leaks out, period. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made to have my daughter go and stay with my parents for two months. But, I was to a point where I was so numb. I couldn't even care for my own self. I mean, I was down in the dumps. I wasn't eating. I wasn't, I, I just couldn't do it. And I tried and I knew that it just wouldn't be great. I had to go rebuild for at least just a little while for 60 days. But I mean, all the things, oh gosh, it makes me emotional just thinking about it. Leaving my daughter and I in an abusive marriage with yelling, screaming, drugs, all the different things. It. She would have only had that in her life. I look in there now at our lives and I'm like, well, since you got Jesus, you got a place to live. There's no drugs around you. There's no yelling, screaming, cursing out like that alone. Environment alone, getting into a safe and healthy, peaceful place alone has changed my daughter's trajectory. Mm -hmm. I put her in counseling immediately. Behavior counseling. She went to behavior therapy, but then also just like regular counseling. Mm -hmm. Got a family counselor. And really like dug deep, like at three (laughs) to be able to identify some of the things that she would battle with now. And we're still there. And she loves it. It is a part of our lives. I go to counseling; you know, they follow everything you do. She's like, I want to go to my meeting. I'm like, mom's going to a meeting to talk Mm -hmm. about her emotions and her her mental capacity and her heart. (gasps) I want to have a meeting too. I want to do, where's my one meeting? Do I have a lady? Like we, it is a part of our lives to be healthy and heal, hold individuals. And that's freaking hard, man. Like, and it's always going to be hard. And I'm going to pop off and be so ashamed and guilty that I'm like, oh god, I yelled again. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I was so triggered by this thing. And but I've learned to yell less and apologize more. Mm-hmm. And that's all that we can do. Yeah, yell less and apologize more, sister friend. Because when you do do it, what matters is the balance of care and love and support. And let me tell you, Parent Q, Orange uh, Orange Leaders, who's a Christian curriculum company for students. And parents, they have a whole segment called Parent Q, Change My Life. They have these little guides. They're called the phase guides. And there's one for every stage of a child's life. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that it says at the beginning of the book is that it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert in anything. You will never get 10,000 hours with your kid in the age that they're in, ever. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. You can't Mm -hmm. have that many hours. You don't spend that many hours with them because of school and all the other things. So know that you'll never be an expert in four years old. Five years old, six year old. But the, and this is the phrase that they use it's just a phase. Don't miss it. Stay mm-hmm. right here in this moment with your kid. I mean, it's so freaking cool. They send you like this marble jar that has 936 marbles because 936 represents the amount of weeks from birth to 18. Oh, and wow. Every week you take out a marble. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about crying right now. Okay. <laughs> but you, for Dylan and I, we hold the marble, we pray over it. We pray over this week for her. But as a parent, I remember that's one week gone. out of 936 mm-hmm. and I can't miss it. And I got to stay focused in this phase. And, and even if I do mess up in the phase, I can at least work towards the next phase because mm-hmm. I need to focus on the next phase. Mm. And so it's uh, it's it's been amazing, man. It's been a learning journey. I don't pretend like I know it all. I've been reading books since I was, what, 37 weeks pregnant. Like, how do I... <laughs> When I wasn't parented, how do I do this? And God's filled in all the gaps and Mm -hmm. taught me all the things through people and through organizations like Parent Q. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to be perfect. Can we just be honest?
0: Yeah. So good.
1: That's not my North Star. Mm -hmm. My North Star is just to be all the fruits of the spirit every day. Kind, gentle, patient, loving, selfless. That's it. That's all I can do. So you know?
0: good. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, for a mom who is burnt out right now, you know, sometimes we have to choose to be resilient because there's no other choice. We have to choose to push through because there's nothing yep. else we can do
1: yeah.
0: but put one foot in front of the other. But that doesn't always mean we're happy about it. It doesn't always mean that we have hope.
1: Yeah. So
0: for a mom who's in that space right now, who wants to get to the place of more that you're talking about, who wants to get into, you know, this, get out of this and get into this new place, what would you say yeah.
1: to her? One of the things that changed my life with Brene Brown, with her amazing queen self, she said the same neural pathways that we process joy, the same ones that we process pain, mm-hmm. which means that if we shut off our ability to experience pain and to feel the things that's hurting us and breaking us down, then we'll, we, we will inadvertently shut down our ability to process joy. I think for many of us, when we go through hard things, we just want to numb and we want to run from it. I would encourage you to sit in it and to do your best to carry pain and joy at the same time and hurt and hope in the same breath. And that's a really hard place. It's the even if place, you know, even if it hurts, I'm still going to find joy in the little things. It's the but places. Yeah, gosh. It's really financially hard right now, but look at what we do have. And it's being able to, one, be mature enough to realize that God never promised us a life of perfection, but he did promise us that he'd be with us in the imperfection and he'd be our continuing standing grace and mercy and love and joy. And I think that's honestly why it's so important to have God involved in your life, Mm -hmm. because even when it hurts, he is still good. And we need goodness that's beyond this world. Mm -hmm. Because everything on the world can be so bad all at once. Going through a divorce, don't have money, in a whole bunch of debt, trying to put my kid through school, yelling at said kid all the time. Like, it can all be so bad around us. We need something heavenly. We really do. And supernatural to come in and be the good in those moments. And I just just think we need to be able to carry both so that Mm -hmm. we can feel both when it's hard.
0: That's so encouraging. And I think, you know, when I get into those spaces where I'm in a bad mood (laughs) or we're not just a bad mood, like, yeah, just feeling like hopeless or, you know, just desperate or whatever it is. I think sometimes I feel like I have to manufacture that on my own. And the thing that God has shown me over and over and over again is just come sit at my feet, just sit here. Flip open the Psalms. Yeah. I love the Psalms. David the Psalms. complains to God all over the
1: Psalms. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I get that. <laughs> yeah. He complains to God. People are like, oh, Psalms is so beautiful. It is a hundred some yeah, verses of just pain and yeah. pleading. And I just think we need to get a little bit better at pleading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But in that pleading, that is where so many times... God meets me and allows me to feel both. Just as you just said, allows me to to experience both.
1: It's
0: like, Mm -hmm. okay. Got a little pep in my step now. Yes. Tony, it has been so great chatting with you. At the end of every conversation, I ask the guests the same question. And that is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would Mm
1: -hmm. it be? I would say that your worth is not in your title. It's not in your label. It's not in the the single mom badge. It is in who you were before you even breathed on this earth. That's where it comes from. Not your ability to push through as a single mom, even. Not your ability to carry hurt and hope when you're wrestling with feeling lonely and forgotten about and pushed to the side and betrayed. (laughs) gosh. It just comes from your inerrant worth. And I think society puts labels on us and they could just be so damaging. They could just loom over our heads, but this isn't a podcast, a community, a group of women, a single moms This is a group of women, a fearless, wonderfully made dynamic, bold, feminine, tender daughters of God first. Mm-hmm. And then we get to galvanize around the parts of our life that are similar in single momhood. But we're first that. So Mm -hmm. just own that.
0: So good. Thank you, Tony. Tell listeners about Broken Crayon Still Color, about your resources and how they can follow along with you. Oh
1: my gosh, we have so much going on. Broken crayons, still color. Um, our website, Instagram, all that stuff is just B-R-K-N crayons on everything. We got super fancy because the young people said they don't use vowels anymore. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, So broken crayons. We have so much going on. We do online challenges with women, not just like these conferences, but like we sit on a Zoom with speakers. We process through stuff. We ask hard questions in the moment. Um, And it's beautiful. It's a challenge. And from that challenge, we have a a course called the hopeful woman course. And we only take about a hundred women so that we can actually like process through stuff. And for eight months, Okay. We literally do monthly calls. We bring in speakers, but we process through the hard things. It's an online course. It's all video, 180 page journal that goes along with it. And then a Facebook community, and then as well as live calls, two live calls a month where we process through the hard things. And um, we have so much coming up. We just uh, signed a distribution deal. So we are coming out with our first Devo, our first study this year, our printed, published thing, which is nutso, Um, But we we get to do that. And we're just going to keep doing that. We we are a, a resource for women to help you process through brokenness and get on the other side to hope. That is what we do. That's what we'll always be about. Anything that we produce will be from that place for that purpose. Hmm. And it's just cool that we get to do that. It's brokencrowns.com at brokencrayons, all the things. We have some really fun things coming up. So you would for sure probably want to
0: yes. check it out. Awesome. And I will have links in the show notes so that listeners can find all those resources very easily. But thank you again so much for joining me. It was so much fun. Ah,
1: Bye, guys.
0: As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Tony is sponsoring a giveaway for listeners of the Christian Single Moms podcast. On the Broken Crayons Still Color website, they have a shop. And in the shop, there are these beautiful prints called Letters to the Broken. And there's one specifically for the exhausted single mom. Tony has contributed a copy of that print for one giveaway winner. To enter, all you need to do is head over to agapemoms.com forward slash giveaway or click on the link in the show notes and everything you need to know will be right there. After listening to this conversation, I just pray that you'll know just how much your brokenness matters to God and that He's not done yet. He's still working in those broken places. He's got so much work to do and so many wonderful things for you in your life ahead. As we wrap up today's episode, I do want to point out a couple of resources available in the show notes. The first is our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Going through the issues and things that we're dealing with as single moms in community is so valuable. And so if you'd like to join the Facebook group, all you have to do is search for Agape Moms on Facebook at Agape Moms, and then click on the groups tab there and submit a request to join the group. Likewise, if you would like to follow along with Agape Moms on Instagram, you you can search for us at agave moms additionally i now have a weekly video guided scripture meditation available for every episode of the podcast. And if you subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel, you will receive notifications when those videos become available. And it's just a great way to start off your day with some encouragement from God's word and apply some of the things that we're learning here on the podcast. I also want to thank you for your subscriptions, your rankings, your reviews. It's so encouraging to me to see what God is doing in your life life and to see Him on the move, but it also helps other women to be drawn in to just what God has for them here as well. And as you move through the rest of your day or your evening, I just pray that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.